0: It's DTS 121, we have another week of festival, Iron Banner returning, challenge modes for the raid, and then PSX in December. Could the raids be coming back a bit earlier than expected? You're
1: listening to Destiny The Show.
0: What's up, everybody, and welcome to Destiny The Show, the Destiny news podcast to keep you, the Guardian, ahead in the world of Destiny. I'm BBK Dragoon, joined, as always, by my awesome co-host, Diddy. What's up, dude? What was your favorite thing you did in Destiny this week? Doing all right.
1: Favorite thing in Destiny this week was finishing out the heroic mode challenge. Not challenge, just the heroic mode of the raid. Uh, When we did the last podcast, I had almost completed it, but that next Monday, whew, we got it done. And uh, that was a ton of fun. You know, I really like the changes for heroic mode. Makes it a little bit more challenging, but you also get some awesome, awesome loot as well.
0: You're raiding all the time, it seems like, with the DTSNA guys. That's pretty rad. Yeah, they're so great.
1: Shout-outs to all of them. And oh, I love raiding. This raid is so awesome.
0: I love playing it so much. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about Festival in just a minute or two. I had fun, PvP'd, the way I'm trying to keep it fresh, new loadouts. I'm trying to break <laughs> away from just the standard loadouts. I did Bad a bunch Juju. of games with Bad Juju. Juju. That's right. Uh, I broke out a Hopscotch Pilgrim that just is... Such a fun roll. It's, I think, Secret Round and Third Eye. And it also had one other stability perk that maxes out the stability that I can't remember right now. And Oh, it's just a blast. That is a good way to keep PvP a little bit uh, fresh. Trying to keep it not going stale, anyway. We have a lot to talk about on today's show. A pretty chock-full week with Festival, and then we've got some more stuff coming up after the Festival with Challenge Modes most likely returning in a week or two for the raid. So why don't we just hop into it? So we got to open up the show by talking about Festival of the Lost last week. You know our show releases on Tuesday. It was the start of the festival. We're both really excited. We love the way the collectibles look. But as the week progressed, Diddy, I'm not super stoked on this year's (laughs) festival. It feels more like an opportunity to spend money than an opportunity to explore new and creative gameplay. So why don't you just give us the recap or I guess the community's feedback this last week? Because Reddit has been (laughs) a tizzy.
1: Yeah, the the main thing is they advertised a lot of really cool loot, but it's ninety nine percent of it is locked behind that paywall. You know, you only get that one treasure at the end of the per character Eva quest. Um, yeah, at the end of the Eva quest, um, and some of those awesome pieces of loot, like the ghost ghosts are anticipated to have, like, 1% drop chance. So uh, uh, not a lot of guaranteed items that were advertised uh, from those from those chests. And you get more this year if you look at, you know, some of the shaders and some of the masks, but a lot of the collectible stuff, you can't really grind for it. You have to
0: do that. Participate. Yeah, you have to participate
1: in the microtransactions, and that's uh, somewhat unfortunate.
0: Yeah, and I don't expect with an event, To be guaranteed stuff okay guys i don't i don't expect that i understand bungie is a company and activision is a publisher they're not a charity but in order to actually have a chance at ghost ghost or the devil ghost or that sweet sparrow if you have three characters you can do the quest three times for the free one you get at the end but some of these items are predicted like diddy said to have about a one percent drop chance so i'll just run through a couple of the streamer numbers you know, 5,000 Watts spent over $100 and didn't get all of the stuff. Broman spent about $80 before he got the Ghost Ghost. Triple Rec spent over $100 and did not get the Ghost Ghost. And Patrick Casey spent about 100 bucks and ended up getting just about all of the items in tail, which for me, uh, I'm conflicted about the whole thing because no, I don't believe that all of this stuff should be guaranteed, Right. But I do think three free, if you do it on all three characters, is a bit low, especially when some of these things have such Mm -hmm. a low drop chance. Now, you guys are going to say, but you can fill up the blue candy sack, Dragoon, and have a shot at one of the three masks that Eva had, or guaranteed Jackalites and guaranteed Flight of Shadows, which to me is just like, all right, I have like 30 Jackalites and a bunch of Flight of Shadows but I want more of the eyes. I want more of those sleepless gazes Mm or the chromatic jackalites, those kind of things that, let's say over the course of this two weeks, if I grinded and did maybe these longer festival bounties in a hypothetical dragoon festival world, I would be stoked if I had the chance to grind for, let's say, six of the legendary sacks. I'm not asking for a bunch of it, but it's just, to me, I don't get excited about an event where the backbone of it is consumables that you can purchase or i should say microtransaction that you can purchase right that's not it's not a super hype event for me
1: yeah and it's a gamble you know it's it's like going to the slot machine putting in the coin and hopefully getting what you want there you know it's not even guaranteed if they had um like that flaming wolf mask available for 200 silver people would absolutely spend the money there
0: Five hundred. They. I mean, they'd 500, spend five hundred. You know? They'd spend a thousand. I bet they would spend whatever. I was trying to lowball everything. You know, trying I to know. keep it to
1: trying to keep it cheap for us. Don't give them <laughs> ideas. <laughs> but that kind of thing, I, I'm throwing around this word guaranteed. You know, it doesn't have to be guaranteed. But you know, if I'm spending real life money, I expect to get some goodies
0: in return. I would outright buy the Sparrow. If I could, I'd outright <laughs> buy the Ghost Ghost. I guess that's my take on it is... Spend silver wh- to uh, make the broom permanent. Mm, yeah, that's not a bad idea. You could say, let's, you know, I buy 10, so I spend 20 bucks on these packages, and I break down the duplicates, and I end up getting silver. What if I could use that silver to purchase the mask that I want? Silver dust, to Purchase. you mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, to purchase I mean- what I inherently would like. So... I don't know. It's an interesting... I bet you this event earned more than any of the previous events Mm -hmm. because the consumable items were so cool. The sparrow was really, really neat, and a lot of people wanted those ghosts, myself included. So I bet this one is probably going to be very successful. But if, if we don't say, hey, I didn't really like this festival that much because X, Y, and Z with the microtransactions... It'll only be pushed further. Like the envelope will just be pushed a little bit further. And I don't I don't know who directs the position on this, if it's Activision putting pressure on X results from these events or what it is. But overall, I thought it was charming. I loved the broom. What a great idea for the Sparrow. Some of the new voice acting that they recorded in the tower. Cade wearing Eris's mask. Just some <laughs> charming things. I mean, overall, there were some really cool positives. I'm just not somebody who participates in the microtransactions anymore. So to me, I was lucky. I got the Hoodoom shader, but I really wanted that Sparrow, and I really wanted a Ghost Ghost, and uh, not going to happen. <laughs> ornament. Hoodoom ornament. <laughs> but what did I say? Of,
1: you said shader. But speaking of oh, shader, bad. they had that little tiny uh, mini quest for the the Ascendant Raisins, if you kept yours from last year, or if you you could acquire them from, I think, shacks um, I believe. Um, but you just... There was no waypoint or notification about this you just pick up the item from one vendor go to the next vendor go to the next vendor go to the next vendor and then you receive the super black shader and uh, that has that had been data mined vanilla destiny you know we knew about this shader that was in the game years ago and now it was finally acquirable and i got it and it looks pretty awesome
0: Guys, save your celery until next year. I saved my raisins yes. from last year, and they ended up being an item that was usable for this super black little mini quest. I should say I'm air quoting quest. So save your celery. I bet you next year it's going to have some use. Just throw it in the vault. Don't delete it. Keep it around because who knows? There might be some little quest that happens. Yeah, maybe a white too. shader instead. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Chatter white. I'm just kidding, guys. Just
1: I'm, I'm just kidding. Jeez, that's a joke. C-
0: Caparino. So why don't we hop on to 2017 Guardian Con?
1: Yeah, so uh, there was some information released about Guardian Con 2017 this past week as well. Um, just a, a few bullet points here. June 30th through July 1st, 2017. So the, that's that weekend before July 4th for you uh, uh americans or united states citizens um florida state fairgrounds in the expo hall so that's where it's going to be that's a location it's going to be a little bit bigger than last year and um they actually modeled it after uh, rooster teeth expo um that uh, happens down in austin every year um purchase ticks tickets online you cannot get them at the door this next year um and since it, since it was such a... They had to turn away like 2,000 people yeah. almost last year uh, at the door because um, they just had no idea. But since it was such a success this past year, St. Jude's Children Research Hospital, which is what they raised the money for, uh, they actually want to partner with GuardianCon. There's no official word on that yet. Um, and they also want GuardianCon to be like involved in... 5k runs or walks to support their cause, so not just having this one event for Destiny fans or the stream, they want them to be involved in future events as well. I think that's actually really cool. And uh, Broman has projected uh, or announced the goal for 2017 to be one million dollars. They raised over five hundred thousand dollars in
0: 2016. Broman wants to double that. I think they will. Last year, it was a very successful go out the gate destiny community con has now you know swapped into the branding of guardian con which i like that makes a lot more sense Mm -hmm. that's exciting oh boy i bet you they hit one mil because there was a lot of eyes and attention on last year there's going to be even more this year so that's great especially
1: if they get that official partnership there's going to be a lot of
0: marketing from
1: saint jude's about this uh, type of event
0: Mm -hmm. awesome Why don't we hop into the weekly update, and then we'll touch on a really cool article from one of their art designers on how they built the mutant Iron Lord. (laughs) So Cosmo put together this weekly update, or I should say this week at Bungie, and it had some amazing movies of the week. Okay, Between the Saw Something Weird on the Moon Husky Raid video, which is well worth watching, tons of coordination, well thought out i can only imagine what could happen down the road in destiny 2 if a we had a theater mode or b if it comes to pc could you imagine being able to like basically script out a scene so you could tell like the (laughs) actions that you want a guardian to complete for machinima purposes it would be so cool this game already has amazing art i can only imagine a world where we have more tools to make better machinimas then of course they uh, featured Scardros solo axis kill, which we talked about last week. I saw there was a two-man team who took out Vosik on heroic mode that just happened wow. a few days ago. <laughs> I haven't seen Pretty that. Pretty impressive. Yet. <laughs> that Way is, that impressive. is insane, man. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of an event going on for the next week, you guys. When you're listening to this show, until Festival of the Lost goes away, it's called the Festival of the Lost Masquerade Ball. So the way you enter is you equip a Festival of the Lost Mask, pose your guardian for a photo in Destiny, Upload your image to the Creations page. Winners will be judged by a panel of Bungie employees. Go HUDless and choose the perfect setting for costume. Group shots are welcome, but only the player who uploads the shot can win. And you'll end up winning the Resurrectionist emblem, which is the emblem that people who purchased from the Bungie store during this event received. It's a little hand reaching out above the gravestone. So, but yeah, that was and, pretty nice. Yeah, and
1: don't forget that's
0: one, two things. One is uh, on the
1: creation page on bungee.net. And two, don't forget, if you're taking those screenshots, there's also those filters available uh, in game now for you know getting those different color corrections going on. So maybe, maybe something there that you could do, something creative.
0: Yeah, if you don't have GIMP or Photoshop, you can do it in game yep, Exactly. Now you got your movie of the week emblem diddy like a week or two ago. We forgot to talk <laughs> about that man. How does yeah, it was, feel? Uh, that was an ordeal. So here's a PSA for anyone submitting movie of the week. Make
1: sure your gamer tag or PlayStation ID is in the description of the video because that's how they know who to send the emblem out to. Um, that was, I got mine about a month or a month and a week later than I had anticipated it to be. Uh, that's just because I didn't have that information in the description of the video. So I added that. Cosmo was like, good to go about 10 minutes later. So that was awesome.
0: Yep. Trials DDoSing continues to plague people's runs and Bungie put together a little section here with a link to an online reporting tool because sometimes when you get DOSed and you uh, get booted out of the match it's not very easy to report those gamer tags right so they have a reporting tool online to hopefully eliminate it Bungie actually has two team members whose full-time job is to ensure you know a good safe destiny experience remember to report people with the in-game tools if there's, you know, suspected cheating going on. Bungie looks at those cases, takes it seriously. I hope they can get these issues under control as quickly as possible. Then there's a bunch of bugs that they're trying to work on for Festival of the Lost, as well as Eververse. Overall, that's pretty much the the whole schmigger remortis from the, this week at Bungie, man. So Yeah,
1: we're anticipating information on Challenge Mode and Iron Banner in the next couple weeks from this week at Bungie.
0: That's right. And the Iron Banner returning for a second time will be cool to see if they have another cutscene continuing a little bit of the Efferdi storyline because she's such a cool character that we've, you know, anticipated in the game for such a long time. I would hope it's more than just that initial cutscene between the two. <laughs> or if they just you know? repeat the
1: same cutscene.
0: <laughs> well, it's an interesting idea for Destiny if they actually had a progressing narrative throughout the lifespan of an expansion. Yeah, you can imagine the
1: information from the last Iron Banner and be like, okay, now we have to do this. Or, you know, just like some type of narrative, like you said, story arc would be so awesome because it's like, yeah, I'm doing Iron Banner, but it's just regular PvP. There's nothing happening in the background. But yeah, if they do that story arc, that would be awesome.
0: Think about year two, or let's say year three now, <laughs> as a continuing story arc where we've defeated Axis, but it turns out we actually haven't, destroyed the source or the controlling power of mm-hmm. Siva. So come next spring, we have a new expansion that takes us to Mars to battle Charlemagne, and it's the continuation of a grand story arc, basically. So another wow reference here. The patch content pushes the story further. The raid pushes the story along in pretty significant ways. Okay, back in um, Siege of Orgrimmar, which was the raid that lasted freaking forever in Mists The expansion started with the main villain, and he does a bunch of bad stuff throughout the year that the expansion is out and throughout the raid, and then at the very end, the last tier, the last patch that brings in the last bit of the raid, you defeat him finally. So it's this very long, epic arc where you're like, we finally did it, we worked through all this dude's chiefs and his lieutenants and generals, so we can finally go after you and crush you. That's a pretty cool idea, and I think Destiny could absolutely go that direction. Maybe it's a Destiny 2 thing, to make the story arc even grander, you could say there's a connection between Dark Below and, you know, the Oryx elements of the Taken King, which did make that fight feel more epic, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I think this would be a really good point to introduce raid tiers, like you're talking about in World of Warcraft, and like we've talked about before on the show. What if, at, like, PlayStation Experience we got, like, a five-second clip of, like, a fallen captain walking up to axis's dead body, and, like, Reviving him or something. Oh yeah, just like to introduce Wave Two of Wrath of the Machine, <laughs> um something like that. That would be that would go. Oh man, the hype train would go off the rails.
0: Okay, while we're on this topic, why don't we just jump ahead in our show notes and sort of explore our predictions for the next few months of what Destiny schedule looks like? Okay, because we understand that from previous talks the raid refresh is going to happen sometime before Destiny 2. And for new listeners, that would mean re-upping Vault of Glass and Crota's End to making them something fun to experience and play that had loot or a difficulty associated with it that is relevant to our current light Mm -hmm. level. Let's identify just some predictions and speculations of what you think the next six months of Destiny looks like from a schedule perspective.
1: Yeah, so we have PlayStation Experience and then Sparrow Racing League coming out. That's guaranteed, right? We we know that's happening. It's on the schedule. That's um, December. That's December, yep. Yeah. Um, and with Sparrow Racing League, they did mention that, you know, it's not gonna be as shallow as last time. You know, just more than two maps, hopefully. That's not confirmed yet. But they are also introducing some more aspects to that type of event. And then Honestly, I think we can anticipate um, another type of April update as well before Destiny Two, and with that April update, I think it's going to be those refreshed raids. You know, bringing end Vault of Glass, e- even you know Skolas and Oryx back, so that it just makes everything on the same level. Just a couple months before
0: Destiny Two launches, you know, supposedly Fall twenty seventeen. Yeah. So I will take a different stance because, all right, we've got Iron Banner coming back. Then we have the challenge modes for uh, the raid. PSX in December and SRL returning. I want to pitch a different idea. That is the winter festival that is SRL brings with it refreshed raids because they talked about SRL being bigger and offering more activities Mm. other than just racing. So what if it brings back some refreshed raids that would be Crota's End and Vault of Glass And then this April, we end up getting a Cabal-based expansion because Jason Scherer over at Kotaku, through the rumored articles and through the leak articles over the last year and a half, they've talked and mentioned a Cabal raid multiple times. So there's still plenty of elements from Destiny 1 that I think we may see thrown at us before Destiny 2 gets here. I don't really know... What their plan of continuation is in regards to game assets, if Destiny's 2 engine is a really big departure from Destiny 1, or I should say, uh, a refinement to the point where previous models don't necessarily work as easily. Like basically, how much content did he from Destiny 1 is going to be playable in Destiny 2? Are all the missions going to be playable? Is all of the locations still going to be like? Can we still go to Venus for the patrol kind of a thing? You know, Mm -hmm. that's my question and. I really hope that spring brings with it a DLC or a new raid in some way. I could be 100% wrong. I'm telling you, your prediction is more likely. I think that is Ooh. way more likely. But how do you feel? How does that Cabal rumored raid fit into all of this? Does it just push into Destiny 2?
1: I, you know, obviously, I hope there's a raid in the spring. Um, but I, I think it's more likely that that type of Cabal expansion would be... In Destiny 2, but that's, you know, without knowing what type of improvements Destiny 2 is bringing. But also, you just made me think about what if the spring update was the refreshed raids and those were like the story missions leading into the new Cabal raid? (laughs) I don't know how that makes sense, but like, you know, it introduces all these refreshed raids that you already have in Destiny. And a new one that you can play as well. I think well, that would with the be elements cool. of time
0: travel, you're saying like they go into these old encounters and in some way take it over, and narrative elements mm-hmm. from that build up towards Destiny Two or something. Yes. Hmm. Okay. I could actually see that. I was a bit bummed with Rise of Iron. The pre-event didn't really. Hype it up. If you imagine, like, you have all the time in the world, Bunchy, before Destiny 2, and you start sprinkling in little breadcrumb trails for us to follow that builds hype towards Destiny 2, oh, my gosh, people are going to lose their <laughs> minds. Like, when the Dark Blades started invading Earth, we're like, this is cool, dude. Yeah, Crota's minions are attacking
1: Earth and the moon. We need to go fight them.
0: It gets me excited, but let's pose this question, okay, because I think some listeners will be like, Hey, I know you want an update, or excuse me, you want an expansion this spring, or a DLC this spring, but don't you want their efforts focused on Destiny 2? So, I will say yes, I would hope Bungie is pouring as much time, effort, and resources into making Destiny 2 fantastic at this point, point. and if that means those resources aren't put towards a spring DLC, totally fine with it, guys. Totally fine with it, you know?
1: Yeah, I would agree, you know. Focus on making the best game possible. And if that is Destiny 2, so be it. Hmm. Yes.
0: So we put here in the show notes a one month Rise of Iron report card. It's been about five weeks, right, since Rise of Iron has been released now. Yeah, like
1: five and a half weeks. Mm hmm.
0: Mm hmm. So what do you think? I I mean, I enjoy it, but I want to hear your take on it. So far, we, you know, earlier in the show, we
1: mentioned it's been a nice trickle of content since launch. We had launch, we had the raid. We had Iron Banner. We had Trials um, reintroduced, of course. That's not new content, but it was reintroduced. And then Heroic Mode, and then straight into Festival of the Lost, and then anticipating straight into Challenge Modes, and and or Iron Banner, and then SRL later on. I think it's a really nice change of pace from Year Two. You know, we have this nice flow of content. The the content playable is really good as well. Um, I think with the Taken King, um, that I'm, I'm thinking about raids specifically right now. With King's Fall being so large and mechanic heavy, I think they now have opposite ends of the spectrum, and they can find that really sweet balance of how to make a raid really, really good. Quarter's end, really short, high action. Vault of Glass, lots of action, not so short, but really good all the way through. Prison of Elders, not even a raid. King's Fall, really, there's a lot of action, but it's also really mechanic-heavy as well, and it's really, really long. So I think they've really hit a nice sweet spot with the Wrath of the Machine raid, high action, good fights, good mechanics as well, and good pacing in terms of
0: length. When Destiny 1 released, we got a five-week calendar of all the events that were happening week to week, and I still actually have that image file in our show notes. And when the game came out, Diddy and I were so stoked. This was amazing. It's like, oh, my gosh, look at this calendar of events. It was Queen's Wrath, the original one, followed by Iron Banner. And each week they had a theme or an event that was going on. And I'm quoting it because events back then, guys, were not like they are now. But it was awesome. You're like, wow, they really thought this out. Year two? The initial (laughs) four months just did not feel as organized right now as year three does. I think they've done a great job putting together four months of pretty consistent trickle content. Now, the real thing is between December and April. That's usually mm-hmm. our driest time. But overall, you yeah, have like Rise of Iron a lot. I think they nailed it with the raid. I'm a PvP player. You're more the PvE guy when it comes to just running raid back to back. So hearing that the PvE side is enjoying this end game rotation a little bit more this daily circulation right what you're doing Mm -hmm. is encouraging to hear because pvp is sort of forever um (laughs) doable it's forever air quoting fresh right it's just an experience that can live on perpetually without the developers needing to do more than balance passes kind of a thing so yeah Mm -hmm. overall i'm happy with it psx will be very revealing but I think they've got a more organized plan than they did last year when the entire shakeup of the company was going down and we saw the CEO having to step down mm-hmm. in January. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty pleased with it. So well, why don't we touch on Chronicle of a Mutant Lord right before we head out of here with our shout outs. This was an article that Bungie put out. It involves the art director or character artist, I should say, Ian McIntosh in his process of putting together one of the final bosses at the end of the Rise of Iron campaign. You know the guys, the really creepy mutated iron lords. And the article is just great to hear the working process of how the concept came about, how Ian worked with a team of 10 people to put together the boss encounter from concept art into designing a low poly count model that they used for just scripting and basic AI of the fight. Then he builds a very high res poly count uh, model that has millions of polygons, reusing some of the iron pieces that other Uh, art artists that Bungie had been putting together having to mold and reshape them to work for this mutated version they then take that super high res model they compress it essentially and make one that will work in game a lower poly model that preserves a lot of the geometry as well as the nice texturing then they work with lighting and technical designers and the whole article is just rad to read because we always wonder why there's not ongoing pve content being added to the game (laughs) When you read this, you go, "Oh my gosh, it is a ton of work." And Bungie's metric or the the watermark they try and hit with their quality in regards to art is just so stinking high that it takes them a while. So I thought it was cool. More behind the scenes stuff makes me a more understanding player. Yeah,
1: did he? The the creation of just this one character that they show. There's a there's a there's a sketch there's a concept drawing, there's a concept render, there's an initial character model render, there's a higher poly render, then there's like a compression, an in-game render. And then like you take those in-game assets and then you make a final concept image of what it looks like inside the engine and then it's playable. It's like there are so many steps and then each step has so many different pieces of the process. It's it's quite incredible, you know. Game design is very, very intuitive and very in-depth. So this definitely makes me appreciate
0: the art and the design of Destiny a little bit more. Awesome. I'll wrap up DTS 121. Diddy, any closing thoughts before we shout ourselves out? I'm excited for challenge mode. I I cannot wait. Like I said before,
1: we kind of know what challenge modes are, but honestly, I can't think of what they're going to be.
0: I can't make any predictions. Uh, Maybe the third time around. I am hyped for a December weapon patch. Yes. Let's change the meta, boys. I like where PvP's been at, but we've been here for Side a long OP. time. Let's do it. Sidearms OP, oh my gosh. All right. Uh, Diddy, where can people find your content? Twitter.com slash Diddy,
1: D-T-S-D-I-T-T-Y, D-T-S, and YouTube.com slash Wooshness, W-O-O-O-S-H-N-E-S-S.
0: Awesome. You can follow us on Twitter at Show. You can go to our website, destinytheshow.com, for all the links from today and more. Remember to check out our friends over at destinytracker.com who have just started their own podcast, which is Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on twitch.tv slash destinytrack. We'll be filling you in over the next few weeks as they get the, the ball rolling a little bit further. You can follow me at Dragoon on both YouTube and Twitter. Have a good week, everybody. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time you